If you've been listening to the show for a while, you already know how much of a fangirl I am for the online marketplace RD to RD. It's basically a website where dietitians can sell their handouts, presentations, and tools to each other without having to handle all the annoying tech stuff. It's just such a wonderful and innovative idea and so beneficial to our profession that I get excited every time I talk about it. And today, I'm lucky enough to be chatting with the founder of RD to RD, Megan Boitano. Megan shares with us the origin story of RD to RD, how she took it from just a great idea to an actual functioning website, how she spread the word about RD to RD and got people signing up in the very beginning, how the real life growth of the company compared to her original expectations, and what she'd do differently if she had to start over. Then we kind of switch gears and we talk about how selling on RD to RD can benefit nearly any dietitian, whether you're an entrepreneur or working full time. Why buying resources on RD to RD is better than just trying to find stuff via Google searches, the secrets to being one of the top selling vendors on the site, and some helpful resources for people interested in getting started today. I had such a great time chatting with Megan, and I really hope you enjoyed this interview. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited to talk to you about your experience founding one of my absolute favorite websites, RD to RD. Listeners of this show know that I mention it like every other episode, it feels like. So, <laughs> so it's like high time that you're finally on as a guest. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of what you're doing, the ideas that you bring to the registered dietitian community it definitely was an inspiration for me getting started. So it's an honor to be here. Yeah, I feel like we started like around the same time because we both had that. We got the Zing grant around the same time for, for different businesses. But yeah. Well, I think even though I know I've talked about RD to RD a lot on this podcast for new listeners, could you start by giving us maybe a quick summary of what RD to RD is? Absolutely. RD2RD is a digital marketplace for registered dietitians to buy, sell, and share their resources with each other, the larger healthcare you know, community, as well as the public. And digital products are things like handouts we create for our practice, forms, you know, slide decks, um, treatment protocols. So these are all delivered digitally, instant download. Um, and a marketplace being multiple people are buying and selling, which um, marketplaces have just boomed over the last you know, five years. And I'm sure we'll dig into that a bit more. But RD to RD is that for you know, registered dietitians, a place for us to buy, sell, and share our expertise in digital format. And how did you even come up with this idea? Like, What were you doing in your career at the time? How did this come about? Yeah, so I've I was at a unique point in my career, um, having moved out of the corporate world from being in clinical nutrition management, and I had decided to start a private practice after, you know, adding to my family, really realizing that that full-time nine-to-five didn't allow me to do that mom role in the way that I wanted to. And as I started my private practice, I just became really frustrated that 
I had to reinvent the wheel that how many private practice dietitians are there out there and I'm spending hours upon hours figuring out to what to put on my health history form. I thought, my goodness, this, this is, this doesn't have to be this way. So it was that problem. And I think when we talk about online business or we talk about success anywhere, it's that problem has to crystallize for you. And I kind of remembered the website, um, Teachers Pay Teachers, which as a parent, I had, you know, used resources to help my own, you know, child, you know, different learning things. And I thought, boom, boom, those two things came together. And I said, we as registered dietitians need something like teachers already have. Um, and I thought, you know what, I want to, this is, this is for me. Um, why not me? Why can't I bring this idea to life? And that's really how it started. That's amazing. And I, my brain immediately goes to like, okay, I feel like nine out of 10 people would be like, oh, that's such a great idea. And then it would like end there. <laughs> so how the heck did you implement? Like, what did you do? Did you know anything about websites before this? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? You know, I, I, looking back now, I was absolutely insane to even take this on. Um, but I think that's part of the beauty of, of ignorance, right, is that you really don't know what you're getting yourself into. And most things, as I've heard say, are figure outable, right? If you are really determined to learn and, and master a new skill, you can figure it out. So um, I guess my background had a lot of tech in it. And one thing that I think is unique, I mentioned I was in the corporate world and I had actually gone back for a second master's degree. I was you know, looking at healthcare quality and patient safety and systems and process, you know, Six Sigma, Lean, I'd been pulled out of my clinical role into the healthcare quality department and really looking at in the healthcare system, how do we design quality processes? And I'm a process thinker. So to build RD to RD, there are so many different processes in place from the registration to the selling to the what happens next. And for my mind, it was, it was just an absolute absolute, just like giving me access to the candy store, right? And then there was that tech element, which required me to basically marry process with technology. And that is a huge element of my background as well of implementing, you know, electronic diet office software systems and call centers. And just that's the way my mind works. So somehow my really random, I would say, background as a dietitian, as I had stepped away from that to be more at home and the private practice, it fed that element of me. And I really felt like it was something I needed at that time to feel like me. I don't know how else to describe it. Okay. So even more granular, like what did you do first? Like, did you set it up yourself? Did you hire any help? I'm just trying to flesh it out for people who might have uh, similarly lofty ideas but not know where to go. Yeah, um, I think you go into that research phase of not the rabbit hole of learning everything that I need, but based on what I need this website to be able to do. So first and foremost, going out and saying, well, what really is a marketplace, right? What's the inner workings of them? Going to a few different ones and doing things like, reading their terms and conditions, right? You learn a lot from that. Going online and reading different blogs, reading people who sell back-end tools to create marketplaces. Typically, you're not going to need to go out and, you know, hire a custom web developer. 
you know, to create something completely custom. What can you take that's already out there? Similar, if you're going to start an online course, you're going to be looking at something like Teachable or Thinkific or a course builder that has all of those building blocks. That's what I did. I didn't need to start from scratch. There already were tools set up for people like me to go in and then compare which is going to be the best fit for the type of products that I'm selling, my background with a tech. So that part took a little bit of time, right, to go out and compare different platforms and ultimately making a decision that, um, you know, I actually have been very happy with and finding a good partner to, you know, build my first WordPress website. And I'm kind of proud to say that I, my first website was $1,200. I found I actually interviewed a number of people. That's another bit of my background as a clinical manager. I hired hundreds of people, interviewed thousands of people. And in my business career, I know talent when I see it and I know the right person when I talk to them. And I think that's been an incredibly beneficial thing to leverage as I've built people and added people to my team. I have a big gut instinct about who's the right fit. And I trust that like just deeply because I've been through that process enough times. So I hired a web guy to basically configure all the back end. I'd never built a website before and I, I wanted it done, right? And really it was what we want to call a minimum viable product. It was ugly. I didn't have brand colors. I didn't have images. I didn't have standardized text and font. But as we went back to that problem you know if you have a problem that you're solving for people it doesn't always have to be pretty if you know you're you know agitating that problem and offering a solution people are going to come whether it's beautiful or you know it's still a work in progress and, and i think that's a really important message maybe for your listeners because that was something where it held me back well i've got to get all of these things done before i can put my idea out into the world and that i just don't believe that that's true yeah. Plus I feel like it, you need to validate, you know, at some point you got to like get out there and make sure people really want this before you spend like two years designing your fonts. But <laughs> yeah, I know I feel the same way with, I think around the same time I was launching my nutrition membership site and yeah, it was horrifically ugly, but you know what? It got an upgrade a year later. <laughs> I'm sure it's the same with your site, which yeah, I'm, I remember what it looked like when it first launched versus now. And yeah, you just get. But wouldn't you say, like, if you'd have built what you thought you needed, if you'd have made that investment, it would have been a poor investment because you learned what you needed over the course of that first year. When you validate it, then you know all of the, like, miss what's not good for your users and what's taking extra time. That then now you're equipped to invest. I think that's the point of that minimum viable product to get your idea out there and give you the education you need to figure out what's the right, like, what are the things to invest more money in? 1000%. Yes. And get that. I think that part that you just hit on with the user feedback, you can kind of see where the, the hiccups are in the whole system. Yeah. thousand percent. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Cause I think that will help lighten the pressure maybe on people who are thinking about starting a new project. 
does not have to be perfect. It should not be perfect, actually, right out of the gate. Yeah. And I did do some vigorous testing because I had implemented a lot of healthcare software. You don't just throw it out there and hope it works, right? You have a very structured validation process. So having beta users, and I had a series of seven or eight tests, because when I worked with the develop the programmers, you know, in my past life, we would say, this is this, this, and the output should be, you know, you expect to see this. So I had a set of beta testers that went through and ran a series of tests to help me identify, you know, issues that, you know, maybe weren't working as simple as, you know, issues with browsers or things that you aren't going to find on your own um, that you find when you have beta testers out there. So it doesn't really matter whether you're doing a course or a, a practice, you should have people besides yourself testing, you know, testing the how your process works and, and giving you feedback. Um, because if people come to your site and they're, you know, they're frustrated or they have a poor experience, you offer better support and they're going to be able, they're going to want to come back if they have a good experience. Totally. Yeah. And, and just from experience, people will let you know, generally, if you have enough people going through your stuff, like, oh, hey, just so you know, like this link is broken on this email or whatever. And then you can go back and like, oh, thank you <laughs> and fix it, you know, because you won't catch it all by yourself. You just can't. So in terms of the funding for getting this started, did you just have your savings that you used? Did you apply for any funding? How did that go? Yeah. So you mentioned the Zing Nutrition Grant, which um, that was a thousand dollar grant from um, Zing Nutrition Bars. And that was really, as I mentioned, it was $1,200 to start the website. And then the rest I had to pay for some WordPress tools and whatnot. But really that all in first investment was about $2,500, which the rest of that, yes, I did pull, um, you know, from savings. I was like, well, I'm seeing clients and the private practice. And I thought, well, I'll just take some of that for my little, we want to call our side hustle, our passion project. Um, but really looking at not spending you know, more than was necessary to get that minimum viable product out um, initially. Yeah. And like, just FYI, sometimes people spend like two times that on just a regular website with no marketplace. So that's an amazing deal. I got a number of quotes and to build a marketplace like, you know, I, teachers pay teachers with all the bells and whistles, many hundred thousand dollar quotes. Dang. Um, not being able to get any really legitimate website building company to take a job less than 10,000. I really feel like you're not really their ideal client if you're looking for something less than that. And not to be, I mean, they're running a business as well. And if they can get, you know, who are you going to get? You know, so I think those are some elements of why I went out and looked for something that was more of a no-brainer. It was already set up to do all of the things that I needed to do. And it was really just setting it up on the back end, um, not necessarily needing all of that customization, really holding off on who am I to think I know what customization I need when I have absolutely zero experience. Go with what the experts have put in their tools because they have help lots of people like me trust them first, then go out and say, okay, now I know my business. These are the areas that I need to invest on customization. I can speak to some of those later on, but that in my experience, I'm really glad I trusted the people who put the tools out there that they had set it up for best practices. And honestly, they did. <laughs> can you share the name of maybe at least like yeah. the main plugin that you're using? Yeah, I use easy digital downloads. 
um, and they are an e-commerce. So we want to talk about if you want to sell anything from your website, whether you're a marketplace like me or you're selling you know, an ebook on your own website, you need a shopping cart, which is a place where people put the item and then they go in and they check out and pay for it. So there's multiple options. Most people have heard of things like Shopify, you know, easy digital downloads, WooCommerce. Some of the key things to think about with, you know, your shopping cart are self-hosted versus, you know, not. And that's kind of a topic I know you've talked about, but something to you know, write down if you're thinking about selling digital downloads, are you going to go with something that's more of like software as a service or something that's self-hosted? There are pros and cons. So I went self-hosted. Yes. And I love your website and easy digital downloads seems like super well-functioning. Like it has everything <laughs> it seems like that you need. And Getting in and talking to various developers as I started to need customization, that talking about the code on the back end, whether the code was clean or it wasn't clean, when you talk to enough developers that you hear um, easy digital downloads, WooCommerce and easy digital downloads are kind of two of the big, you know, in the self-hosted game that what I've heard from a lot of developers is that the code is just cleaner on easy digital downloads. Um, and I like their, you know, ecosystem and it's worked for me. Um, I think you can find what you need in either. And I think not getting hung up in the perfect choice. I think it's like going on vacation and spending all this time trying to figure out if you should go to the Bahamas or the Azores. Like, are you going to have a good time? It's going to be fine. In most cases, it's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> so picking yeah. one. Yeah. Like with my courses, I, fell backwards into selling courses. And I actually thought I was just doing a membership site. So I have still to this day, all set up with a membership site plugin, which is probably actually not ideal because if I'm selling more than one thing, I would like to have a functioning shopping cart and I don't. So I have to make bundles and sell bundles. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not ideal, but at this point it's like, okay, at some point I'll go in and do a whole upgrade, but it's, it's working. I'm doing multiple six figures of business with this, you know, random setup. <laughs> but you make a good point about your process. When you have mapped those things out and you know the different elements, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm using the reviews extension and like custom, you know, success redirect. So I have a very complex process map of where all of these elements are. So when somebody else gives me the bigger, better, more awesome, or maybe I should use X, Y, or Z, it helps me to not get distracted and feel like I'm missing out on something when I can actually go back to my process and go, yeah, that's really not a good fit. Um, rather than just kind of, you know, jumping from thing to thing or, or wondering that you aren't using, I mean, you are using a set of tools. Those tools are not your process. They enable whatever structure you want to use to sell your online products. They are the tool. They are not the process. So for me, that's been really helpful, whether it's email marketing or, you know, opt-in forms or, you know, what tools I use that, where does it fit in the process? Not, I'm moving to X, Y, or Z, because that's really not, as your business grows, it becomes more and more complicated. Unless you start with the process, you're going to be spinning yourself around. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's it, making a move at this point in my business would be annoying, but I don't know. It's like this weird balance between how important are those upgrades at this moment in time, like having a shopping cart or upsells at the end, you know, at this very moment when I only have three things for sale, it's not make it or break it. But 
people listening might know, I'm in the middle of like revamping all of my offerings and I can see how some of those things might be nice in the future with my evergreen funnels. So might be coming, a <laughs> change might be coming in the next year, but not, you know, not in the next month or anything like that. But great point. Getting started is more important than like spending a year in the, in the weeds <laughs> trying to figure out all the little details, honestly. It will change. <laughs> so I'm really excited to hear as well. So now that you got the site up and running, how the heck did you get people to join? You know, like how'd you spread the word? Yeah. So, you know, taking advantage of where do people hang out? That would be an ideal, you know, audience, part of my audience, right? So I'm looking for, for registered dietitian. So of course you're going to do social media, Facebook groups. And I took advantage of live video on Facebook. Um, so I started the RD to RD live show. Gosh, it was three years ago in November. So it's been a full, a full three years now, which was kind of two pronged. One, it was networking, right? So uh, just like you and the podcast is your co-mingling audiences. So having the guests on um, helped me to then, you know, they would talk about the fact that they were coming on the show and, um, you know, then it helped to spread the word about RD Dory. So of course, Facebook groups, starting Instagram, you know, social media and the like. And then I started writing content, blogging, right? Um, and my blogging strategy has changed, which I hope we'll have time to dive into, but I really started to focus on topics that if you were someone who would be keen to sell digital products, that th that topic would be interesting to, um, you. And I didn't honestly, um, do it from an SEO perspective, I actually took more of the approach of what are the questions that I see asked over and over and over in these Facebook groups that I could link to a helpful article that would establish me as an expert and bring them to my website and see what I have to offer. Um, and maybe you want to call it guerrilla warfare, um, but it, it worked. Um, that was one thing. Um, and then looking at how I could have free content, which works as almost like an opt-in for the, for the website and gets people to RD to RD, um, that then they would see how it works and go, oh, I, I actually got the download. Well, now I feel more comfortable actually paying for something because I know, I know how the site works. So building some repeat customers and just trust that you will deliver what you say. Yes. I think the big takeaways from what you just said there is like, if you build it and do no promotion of any kind or any attractive mechanism, most likely people will not find it. They will not be coming in droves. They're not going to beat your door down. They're not going to come find you. No one is going to come and find you. They don't know you exist. You need to, at some point you hit this sort of like, uh, I don't know what the right word is. The ball gets rolling enough where you know, once you become a recognized brand, as I would say you are now, then it's a little less guerrilla warfare-esque. But, you know, I totally relate. In the beginning, it's like, yeah, you need to kind of like make a name for yourself. And for anyone listening, yes, SEO is like a slow game. And depending on your target market, may or may not fit, you know, like you're targeting specifically dietitians, not necessarily like everyone selling digital products. So that's probably something that's that you're thinking about when you're creating your content. So I love that you were like, oh, hey, I know where these people hang out and I'm in these groups and I see all the questions like I can be the answer. And it's ex anyone else listening can do this exact same thing. You can create blog posts that 
uh, so it's evergreen. It's always there and working for you. And when you see people ask these questions, you're like, hey, check out this post. Gets them to your website. Then they're like, oh, what website am I on? Oh, let me click over here. Oh, I could buy digital goods on this site. Like, this is amazing. And then maybe they send it to a friend and there it goes, you know? So great, great insights. And I think, but you mentioned the SEO. I wish, you know, I didn't have all of that knowledge going in. Again, I'd never run a website, never sold anything online. Literally, I had never sold anything online and I launched a digital marketplace. If that's not the craziest thing ever, whatever idea, if you're listening and uh, I don't know, I don't have the skills. Yes, you do. Like I, you, you do, you, you will learn as you go. So I just, and I feel like we tell ourselves all the reasons why we can't, um, but there's absolutely no reason that you there's no magical stamp you have to go out and get to like get started. You get the getting started stamp when you get started. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think the theme of this episode is like you learn by doing, you know? Um, so how's it going today? Like, has it been growing year after year? Was it like, did it meet your expectations right out the gate? I know I, I'm excited to hear your answer to that because I, I <laughs> well, you know, I painted a fairly rosy picture and I think there's that first year that's all very exciting and, you know, you, there's a lot of those bursts of just excitement. Like you get the website launched and then, you know, you're maybe making your first few sales and there's some people who are excited and then, right, you finish maybe that first year and things are going okay, but the time that you're spending, right, there's a lot um, maybe not growing at the pace that, you know, I wanted to be growing. And I thought, you know, is this, is this a good idea? Like, is this sustainable from a business perspective? And I almost quit about a thousand times, um, that just trying to run my private practice, um, looking at the numbers and saying, how, how can I run two businesses? How can I, I don't know anything about online business. The reason why it's not growing is because I'm not good at this. I'm never going to get good at this. And, you know, I really wrestled with whether or not I should throw in the towel or not. Um, and thankfully I had a mastermind group at that time and just having other people who had started businesses, run businesses, um, had similar experiences really helped to pull me out of those deep, dark moments of wanting to quit. And in some cases, quitting is the right decision. I'm not to say that every business isn't going to succeed, but that this business wasn't meant to be stopped. It, I just needed support like anybody did. Um, when you're, you know, launching and growing. So the first, just to put it in perspective, the first year, RD to RD made a whopping $6,000 in sales. A little over. Okay, so that's, not, you know, not very much, right? Um, and comparatively, over the last three months, we're averaging more than 10,000 a month in sales. So, you know, if you're looking at, it took some time, right, to get there. Um, and, you know, recently having made some investments in blogging and SEO and communications and a little bit more on the email marketing. So, um, yeah, it wasn't always, it wasn't always rosy. Um, and I guess I'm just really a persistent person and, you know, that I wanted this to work. Right. And I think sometimes it really comes down to wanting, you know, wanting the results more than the fear, right? Is this fear that I'm looking at or is this really and truly 
you know, objective data that I'm acting on. Um, yes. So what kind of data were you looking at to keep you motivated? So many of us have looked at, do I need a business coach? Right. Um, and I think, I got to the point where, you know, I convinced myself that I needed to hire somebody to help me. And I had some long conversations with my my spouse and, you know, he said, you don't need a business coach, Megan, you know, you, you know what needs to be done. And I think that was that reality moment of, I did know what needed to be done, but the re- I was also, I wanted to work and the time that I had allotted to work was really you know, 10 maximum of 20 hours a week to fulfill the reason why I left my full-time job. And I was starting to get bitter and disliking the work that I was doing because it was, it was taking away from the quality of life in other aspects. And I was trying to run a private practice. I was trying to blog there and I was seeing clients and running back. And it just, I started to dislike what I had built with such passion. I'm like, what happened here? Right. And so then I decided that I was going to stop. I was going to stop seeing one-to-one clients. I was going to take this 10 to 15 hours a week. And I was going to try to make RD to RD successful. And instead of investing in someone to tell me to do things that I already knew I needed to do, I just didn't have the time to do. I decided to invest in people to help me do that. Right. So about six months ago, I hired someone to help me research keywords and outline my blog posts. I hired someone to write those blog posts for me. I hired someone to write a year's worth of social media posts for each one of those. I have a virtual assistant who now schedules posts for a year, helps me create my um, content. But what do I have in return for that? I have made myself accountable for strategic planning in my business. I've already wrapped up my 2021 quarter one content calendar, every newsletter I'm going to post, every blog topic that's going to come out, every subject of every vendor newsletter, every little element that I ran, you know, a department with millions of dollars budget, tons of people. I know how to do this, but I didn't have the base under me. I'd always had people to delegate to. And I'm like, what has worked for you in the past? And that for me was a switch, like becoming a business owner, coming into my own about like you're running a business, you know, you're not, this isn't some hobby little passion project. And that was a moment for me. And I haven't looked back since. Yay. Oh, that makes my heart sing. <laughs> so exciting. And for anyone listening, cause this is going to air later than we're recording. When Megan was talking about finishing her whole Q1 planning, this is still the end of 2020 at this time. So she's months and months ahead, which is great. <laughs> I wanted to really quick before we move on, ask, how did you find these people? Because I think that is a really big hurdle for a lot of business owners. Yeah, so a couple of people in different ways. So um, my nutrition communications person, um, I found through the Zing Nutrition Grant. So interacting with, I don't know if you mentioned names on this show, but she was the person who, you know, I interacted with and was doing communications for that company. And you can really mention looking, names if you'd like. <laughs> okay, okay. Krista, Krista Ulitowski, Cucumbers Nutrition Communications. So she's a fellow registered dietitian, which I felt would know my audience, but also has a background in PR and like advertising. And from the beginning, helped 
simple things like I was a member of Nutrition Entrepreneurs Practice Group, helping her, having hiring her to write a members on the move, like the little blurb that goes in to submit. I hired her to pitch me to some various like Stone Soup blog and Today's Dietitian, and she had a relationship with the people. So, she, you know, she helped write that pitch for me. And then I remember at the Today's Dietitian conference, she came up to me, drug me over, and I met face to face at the table with someone from Today's Dietitian. And it was like a month later when they finally hired someone to write a feature about um, RD to RD in Today's Dietitian, which felt like winning the lottery for me. I don't know about you, but as a nutrition business owner, that felt like the lottery. Um, so really looking at what my business needed, like, so she, from a nutrition communication standpoint, writes, you know, the email blast that accompanies each of my blog posts. So that's a really important content. Like, yes, social media posts are important, but for me, that email marketing is a core strategy for me because I know if they'll, if I click on the link to read that blog, the likelihood that I'm going to make money off of that click is so high. And that's the reality. We're running a business here. Yes. I want the email to be helpful. Yes. I want to have content, but that's not going to keep me afloat, right? I need to make, I need to make money off of the traffic that's coming to the website. So looking at where, where are my money-making opportunities? Um, and once I got enough content on the website, enough quality products, where I started to see blogging as a way to make money, right? Because if I could bring the traffic in and convert those people, you know, into pay, you know, buying products, that this was a way that then how do I attract more vendors to my website? Yeah, you can sell on your own website. But you've got to do all your own marketing. How You know, no one's just going to show up and buy your stuff. Selling on RD to RD means I'm a, I have someone who's blogging and targeting keywords around the products that you're selling. I have someone, like, I'm doing the email marketing. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to sell on a website that that's why people sell on Amazon? That's why people sell on Etsy. That's why people sell on eBay. Because it takes that element off of their plate. And that's where I went oh, that's the value that I'm going to bring. That's what's going to bring more vendors, better quality products and more customers. It's kind of a fulfilling, it fulfills itself, right? Yes. I love the ecosystem. I can see it all in my mind. Like, oh, this all interlinks. <laughs> and yeah, you use MailChimp, yeah, for your email? I do. I do. I believe you can track sales, yeah? I do. I do. So I can see all of the... Um, whether they're a subscriber. So there's a couple of different things. On the easy digital download side, I use their MailChimp extension, which talks to MailChimp. So even if they haven't opted in to be a subscriber, I can see that they're not yet subscribed, but I can still see their order history. So when they do subscribe, it has all of that information you know, there. So for example, let's say, you know, there's a free resource around the 10 principles of intuitive eating that, you know, I then want to send a marketing message to people who have downloaded that, but haven't purchased, you know, this specific product. I can get that granular um, very similarly, like I did for the cyber sale that we just wrapped up. You know, if I have a daily deal and I've been marketing that, 
don't send the marketing email to someone that already bought the daily deal. It's just an absolute no-no. But if you don't have the tools on the back end, you have no other way but to really annoy people by sending them an email to buy something they've already bought. And I feel like for a marketplace, it's even more important and helpful than maybe like in my case where I only have three things. <laughs> but you know how you you can probably say like, oh, they've clicked on this item or downloaded this freebie and then you know that they're interested in that and then you can set up for people listening i don't know what level they're at but you don't have to do this all manually like this is all automated where you set it up like oh people who are like interested in xyz thing if they click this link they get a certain tag in your email marketing thing and then that kicks off a whole automation of other things that you start sending them now that you know what they're interested in and then hopefully you make sales <laughs> yeah so correct. Yeah, it's it might sound complicated, but it's kind of like you set it up and then it runs itself in the background, kind of. You have to learn it, just like right, just like anything, um, and that there are many different options out there, and whatever one makes sense to your brain and has the functionality. For me, sticking with ones that have a lot of integration and as privacy and um, you know data regulation has become such a focus, making sure that you're looking at an email marketing company that's set up to keep you compliant as well. So, you know, just making sure. Yeah. Since they have access to your, you know, they're a data processor for you. Yeah. And most of the big, big ones that you hear of are compliant, but yeah, it's definitely a risk if you're like using some random one <laughs> and definitely do not be using just Gmail. That doesn't work. <laughs> it's not compliant. <laughs> so before we move on, I do want to talk about like how people can sell an RD to RD, but just to wrap up this topic, looking back over the last few years, is there maybe anything you've learned or anything you do differently from what you've learned um, based on all of your experiences? If you had to go back. I think I wish there was that luxury of going back Honestly, I think in my own personal situation, I needed to go through the journey of trying the private practice route and trying to run them both at the same time to really have that moment of, I don't want to do client work. I don't, I, because had I started RD to RD, I would have felt like I always had that fallback of, well, you know, I could just go to do one-to-one -one clients, but instead that's the fire. That's the motivation of, I know I don't want to do one-to-one, -one, you know, um, that's not for me. And so it doesn't give me that easy, I don't want to say easy out, but doesn't give my mind that out, which I think is sometimes as important. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily change anything. I did have this moment where you know, we talk about coming into your own as a, as a business owner. I had somebody, you know, reach out about buy online businesses and they, they had a podcast and it was really interesting and actually a little, um, not want to say crushing, but a little bit, um, that they really going through, like, what's the value of an online business? So it's really, you know, who, how many people you're bringing in and how you're converting them. And the reality of as much touchy feely wonderfulness you want to have about your business are you doing those things if somebody was an investor looking at rd to rd they'd say megan you're doing a really bad job right you're not doing a good job and for me looking at it i was like ow like that that hurts um i have all these wonderful feelings but feelings isn't success and so 
that's where some of that mindset shift came into, okay, I need traffic and I need to convert those people. And over the last really six to nine months, really putting in some of that backend infrastructure, which we won't even have time to talk about with my developer. So setting aside a hundred to $200 a month to build up a little kitty to hire my web developer to do things that allow me to automate those money-making activities on the back end, that it doesn't happen quickly, but it's not quickness. It's the methodical, you know, over and over of small little incremental improvements that, you know, you went from having $300 a month in upsales to consistently having five to $6,000 a month in upsales. More than 50% of the money that comes in every month is because I'm suggesting products to people because people are adding items onto the cart, which is me making that effort day after day and not doing it one time or two times. It's every single Every single day, every single week, that's how you get results, consistency. Yes. And I don't know if we touched on it, but you make money via splitting the revenue basically with the sellers. Yeah. Yes. And then you have different plans available. Yeah. So RDRD, one of, you know, creating a store and listing products is, is free. When you make a sale, there is a service fee paid to the marketplace. So um, people who want to be a free member, so they're, you know, not paying for their store, not paying for their products. It's 35% um, of each sale. And that covers your, you know, transaction fees, which gotta love those. And then all of the site security and customer service, like you do nothing, right? You list your products and you don't even have to think about it. Um, for many people who opt for the premium membership uh, that it's, you get 80% of each sale. So that um, is an option, but you know, people there, we have the premium membership and we have basic. Um, but I really felt it was important getting started to make it risk-free for people to try to open your store and list products and you don't have to pay anything, right? I'm asking for the, you know, to put your expertise on the marketplace and give me the opportunity to sell those products um, for you. And when I do make a sale on the website, that, um, you know, a percentage of those stays with RD to RD, which then again, I invest in growing the marketplace as well. So, yeah. And similar model with all the course platforms like Teachable, Thinkific, they all have free plans that take a percentage. Like that's just pretty standard as far as it goes in terms of selling stuff online. And then, uh, you know, you can do the math. I, I think I did the math on what the breaking even point is, but I, I didn't write it down for this episode for RD to RD, but there's a certain point where if you're selling XYZ number of dollars, $35 a month. Yeah. Then, then it makes sense to pay for the, you know, the annual membership to, and then you get more per sale. And that's actually a really interesting element. So when I started the website, I wanted to have that distinction, but to know that was a manual process. So every time somebody purchased a membership, I had to go in and manually change on the back end and track when all those, those subscriptions were coming up for renewal. And that's, that's not a process that's manual, not so good. So that was one of the first investments that I made with the developer is what can we do from a code standpoint when there's an active subscription that this happens, you know, automatically. Um, so those are the kind of things where we talk about what can you, you know, automate even things like, you know, a vendor, I needed a master list of who's selling on my website. 
my tool couldn't provide me with one of those. So I was keeping a master spreadsheet. So having them program a report that I can export each month for, you know, God forbid I would lose my website that I have a list for, you know, security purposes. So really, you know, I, it's not glamorous. Like I feel like running an online business is not those beautiful glamour shots people put on Instagram, you know, sitting there at the beach. It's a lot of, it's not very glamorous, right? But seriously, like, I don't know if it's just me or the way my brain works, but I prefer that type of work over like, oh, here I am on Instagram. It just doesn't like resonate with my soul. I'm like, yes, let me get into the data. (laughs) So yeah, I feel you. So where do you see this this site in like five years? I know it's not available right now worldwide. So is that maybe something that eventually will be in the pipeline? Definitely. Um, Part of the, you know, challenge of being a global marketplace is the privacy and the tax implications. And I'm excited that, you know, developer was recently able to do some work that's preparatory for, um, you know, being able to do a more global marketplace. And then also looking at from a business perspective, my audience right now is limited to registered dietitians that are with the credential of registered dietitian, that the reality is, um, you know, there are other professionals with nutrition expertise that don't fall in that, um, you know, don't have the, that credential of how can I, you know, make RD to RD more broadly available for, you know, dietitians that are, if I'm in a cell across the world, not everybody uses that certification across the world. So looking at you know, how can I open up the marketplace in a way that allows more people to sell that have, you know, a nutrition, you know, expertise. So that's something that I'm currently um, exploring and hope to, you know, have in, in 2021. Um, because a website like Teachers Pay Teachers, there's dietitians that sell on there that don't teach in the classroom. So who am I to be such a, you know, you know, iron gatekeeper of who can put their expertise online. And I've actually felt very passionate about the fact that that's really not the right thing for my business to be so iron gate. (laughs) Like this is, you have to have a CDR number in order to sell on my site. I actually feel like, who am I to say that? (laughs) Um, So I think that I'd like to put that out there that it's, it's going to broaden. I get calls from everything from therapists to speech therapists and, you know, occupational therapists. I'm not really sure of expanding to other disciplines, but definitely within the nutrition realm. Yeah. I can see it like long, long term. If you could, it could be like healthcare professional, healthcare professional, like obviously not that long of a name, but (laughs) same idea. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I feel similarly with like my SEO course and stuff. People it's all kind of like marketed right now to dietitians, but then people will be like, oh, my therapist friend could use this. And I'm like, yeah, they could. I mean, all the examples are dietitians right now, but like they could still use the info. But you make a good point of who, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into expanding to Canada and allowing Canadian dietitians to sell. And I've had some uptake, um, not to the same degree. So I think it's also important to just because you have a few people mentioning something doesn't necessarily mean that it's this amazing, huge, untapped market that's going to grow your business exponentially. And that also looking at how is it going to complicate things? What am I going to need to not just launch, but to maintain that from a you know, what are the other downstream workload? And really, sometimes you have to say no, um, it's not the right time and not being afraid to say it's just not the right time. 
Yeah. I'm not saying no forever, but I'm saying not right now. <laughs> Just because, yeah, you're right. Um, I think it's important to get, I, I've been following some advice of people who are like, okay, one product, one audience, $1 million, and then you can expand. Love <laughs> like, <that. okay>. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm kind of focusing on for 2021. I think I can do it. So like, I need some focus here. <laughs> you're a rock star. I love everything that you do. Thank you. Uh, likewise, right back at you. <laughs> okay, so before we close out this episode today, I do want people listening to fully understand how they can use RD to RD to benefit their own businesses. So maybe can you give us some examples? Like what are some really popular ideas or products that are selling right now by dietitians? So RD to RD has, you know, what you would expect, a lot of client education resources and forms. And what I think people don't understand is how we see clients and do our work if we're thinking about a private practice dietitian isn't necessarily just a handout with a bunch of information if we're familiar with something with the nutrition care manual what i love seeing and what i think is changing what's making rd to rd really work is resources that are actually applicable in practice so it'll have information and reflection question and action items and an accompanying like clinician guide it's really, um, you know, if you're an expert in a certain area, how do you take what you're doing, whether you're a retail dietitian or you work in long-term care, getting new, you know, contracts and work, it's whatever makes your specific niche tick, that that is probably something that you can, you know, sell on the marketplace. So protocols, like treatment protocols, if I'm seeing a client, you know, these are the things that I need to be, you know, thinking about, um, like, there's a set of gentle nutrition handouts, wonderfully excellent set of resources, very popular because it really doesn't exist right out in the, in the, in the world. Another product that's doing really well is a set of templates for like practice better. So instead of having to set up all of your own forms on the back end, um, everything from, you know, your physician referral type things that it's all just done for you, you import them and you're done. I had Jen on the podcast <laughs> talking about that. Thinking outside the box and a new intern kit. Like if you are wanting to take an intern in your practice, just some of the things that you might need. And it's often the things that are easy in your practice that you don't think about how helpful they could be like a Haro template for answering those emails that a lot of times it isn't, if you're selling something that's, you know, $10, you know, and it's a small thing, but it's about quantity, right? So maybe you'll, you know, have 50 people buy that versus one $500, you know, product calculators, like sports nutrition related calculators or, you know, different resources. It's to me, I love seeing the, I couldn't have even imagined the type of products that are on there. And that's really been a learning element for me is just knowing that, you know, I don't, I don't know what dietitians need, but by, by talking and listening and looking at what the data is telling me about what's selling, that, that then I can go out to the vendors and I can say, hey, have you thought about doing X, Y, or Z and really harvesting, putting my ideas along with the experts to really bring new things to the marketplace? And that's where I found, how do I take what I know that my vendors don't know I don't need to be them. Like, I don't need to know everything about functional nutrition or pregnancy, but how can I help them sell more? And that's 
um, been helpful for me. Yes. One of my favorite things, even on my nutrition membership site is like looking to see what people search for and like what I don't have. And then that guides, you know, what I might add in the future. Cause I know people already want it. So it's like a no brainer. Sure. You have similar data. Yeah. I love looking at the search terms. I have a question for people thinking about selling. What do you think makes your best sellers stand out? Like what's making them be so successful versus maybe the people who just have a couple sales here and there? You have to follow the best practices for selling online, which is, you know, it's not just about the resource. It's not just about the handout that the customer gets when they purchase. It's about writing the sales copy. Um, You know, someone will say, this is a cardiac diet handout. Nobody knows what's in your resource. They don't know why it's better than somebody else's. They don't know how it helps the, you know, the, the, patients that they're working with, that it's looking at making sure that you know how to write a product description, which is sales copy, right? Um, And so that's something that when someone has a well-written product description, those products sell better. And also including page previews. So when you're selling a resource online, you need to show people elements of the resource they're going to get, expecting someone to pay even $10 for something that they can't see. It's not that they're not going to buy, they're not going to buy yours. They're going to click to somebody else's that might be inferior to yours that's showing content. So you need to learn how to make those page preview images. I have tutorial videos and blog articles, but you have to do it. And people making a featured image. So when someone search for, for the term, let's say intuitive eating, they're scrolling through their phone at the, the thumbnail images. If yours doesn't look good, it's not going to get clicked on. So um, those are kind of, you know, a couple of like important elements to sell. And I hear many people going, well, I don't, I'm just going to throw a few things up there. And if they sell, then I'll spend some time at it. And that's really the wrong way to go about it. It's looking at not just taking a, you know, a shotgun and throwing up a bunch of products, but looking at what can I use to attract people to my store? So is there something I can offer that's like a free resource that's, you know, whether it's a hunger check and I'm selling something related to, you know, intuitive eating that then I mention in the free resource listing with a link to it. Um, People thinking about selling online, it all applies. Um, And I do some of that on the back end, but those are some of just the basics to, to make more money selling on RD to RD. Super helpful. Uh, And you have resources to help people get better at this stuff. Can they find that just at rd2rd.com or is there a special area? rd2rd.com. There's something called the getting started hub, getting dash started dash hub, um, which has a lot of, you know, links to the blog articles, quick start guides, some videos that I have. Um, I'll also be, you know, relaunching the jumpstart program, which, um, you know, I basically walk people through. You work kind of one-to-one with me um, with some check-in meetings and content on, you know, getting started. Um, And that I'll be doing again in 2021. But I really think you don't necessarily need some specific person to walk you through. A lot of it is trial and error. If you start selling digital products, it doesn't matter whether you look back at them six months or a year later, you're going to want to update your visuals. You're going to want to, you know, improve your product descriptions. It's really getting started and, um, 
you know, then making improvements as you, as you go. Yeah. Yeah. I do all that type of stuff on Canva. If you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is really intimidating. It really doesn't have to be. Even the things that you see where it's like, oh, like a a phone screen or a tablet and there's like an image in it. You can do that in Canva. And I'm sure your tutorials guide people through that, but it's like, it's not that hard. (laughs) Even though it looks so fancy, you know, I'm like, oh, it's really not that bad. (laughs) No. And those are the big light bulb moments of, oh, it's not... Um, I, if I'd have known it was that easy, I would have been doing this a long time ago. I just redid all my graphics like that for my relaunch. You, there's literally like an icon that you drag over from Canva and then there's an empty thing in the middle and you drag another picture inside the screen of the computer and then it looks like a mock-up. You're like, I'm amazing. Look at what I have created. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, and then to close this out for people who maybe don't want to sell, but they might want to buy stuff to help make their business easier, like you were just talking about, not reinventing the wheel. Why do you think it's helpful to purchase specifically from RD to RD and not just like a Google search or something? Well, RD to RD, you're getting the expertise of people who have practiced and they're vetted. And I think if someone's going to put a resource up for sale, I think in most cases, they're putting a quality product forward. And you have the opportunity to do things like read reviews. Um, ask questions in advance. One of the functionalities that I added was a send message button. So I always recommend pre-sale questions. It's the best practice in online before you buy something to ask a question. So if you're looking at a form or you want to know if a resource covers X, Y, or Z, um, you can message that seller and ask those questions in advance that it's probably going to save you time. Um, And I'm anyone, you could create all of these things yourself. I really think it's the saving yourself time element. Um, that is really what you get with RD to RD because you can search and compare products from multiple people and just be done with it. Um, if you have to give a presentation and you want to get a, you know, a slide deck and, you know, be not have to spend the time creating it, you know, that's great. Or you could read through all the outlines of the slide decks and sit down for the next four or five hours, six hours and make your slide deck. It's, you know, there really isn't, it's just, you want to save time. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I was going to say, I think to me, the biggest asset is it's all in one place versus thinking about Googling it. You're probably going to land on some random person's website that you're like, is this reputable? And then maybe they have like one thing you need, but then you can't compare it to anything else really easily. So yeah, the marketplace aspect is really beneficial. And the more dietitians that get on it and create stuff, the better it's going to get. So let's all come together here, people. (laughs) Make this thing the best place to buy and sell nutrition resources because it's just such a great idea. So helpful for our whole like industry. So thank you for spending the freaking crazy amount of mental energy and time and money required to get this off the ground because it takes a unique person, I think, to take that on. So thank you. (laughs) I am thankful you've been such a help um, from the beginning. You know, it's, it's hard to measure how just those little, this is, you know, good idea on days where you're feeling really down about your business, where a few of those little messages go a long way. So thank you for, for being, you know, words of encouragement oftentimes. So you might not have even known. Well, where should people go if they would like to connect with you further and follow along with your work? Yeah. So, you know, obviously rd to rd.com. Um, if you want to open a store, there's a big old button right there on the homepage, or you can search for products, but, um, on Instagram, 
rd2rd underscore marketplace and then facebook as well we have our rd2rd live show on there i also have a youtube channel which um has all of our prior live shows which is um, a lot of fun and maybe i'll eventually get you a link but i have a free ceu one ceu webinar on getting started with digital products which is um, a great um, way to grab a free CEU as well as, you know, learn some of those as I was alluding to product descriptions and um, images. It really does a good job of some case studies and otherwise to really say, is this for me? I think that webinar does a good job of kind of crystallizing or clarifying for you if um, this is really something you'd want to pursue. Yeah, send me the link and I, for everyone listening, will put all of these links to the webinar, RD to RD. Um, everything we talked about just right on the show notes for this episode. So at the unconventionalrd.com, click on the podcast tab, find this episode number, and it's all right there. So um, yay. Thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. And I hope this inspires everyone listening to go for your big dreams um, and also to participate in the marketplace if that's part of their vision of their business because it's such a good opportunity. Thank you so much, Erica. I had a blast. That's it for today. Thank you for hanging out with me on this podcast. I'm so grateful for every single one of you listening. And just some behind the scenes updates on what's going on in my world. I have been working super, super hard on updating my SEO course content, giving it a nice little facelift for 2021. And it should be done in the next few weeks. So once the content is done and recorded and all uploaded to the site, I'm going to release it to my current students right away. So everybody who's already enrolled gets access to all of the content moving forward at no extra charge. So look out for that if you're already a current student. If you're an affiliate of mine, also look out for some emails I'll be sending you about ways to promote the course when it's ready to be launched to the general public. And then I will do a couple weeks of promotion here and there. Um, I'll do a little online masterclass and then people will be able to enroll if they desire. So Yes, this has been such a long time coming. I've been working on this for like at least six months. So whew, I can't wait. I feel like even though I'm due with a baby in August, I feel like this is my other baby that I'm about to put out into the world. So uh, yeah, just wanted to give you a heads up. People ask me a lot like, when is your course going to open again? So that's the updates hopefully soon. And thank you for being so patient. And I know all of the updates are going to be well worth it. Other than that, I'll catch you next week.